the Lord gave me a big spanking a long time ago and said, basically, stop it. Talk about my son. And so uh, I started doing that a long time ago. He actually asked me personally, could you give my son's reputation back on the earth? He's almost lost it. And, uh, and when he said that, I saw a lot of different moves of God from the 40s all the way up till that moment. And I saw how just slowly religion creeped in and took away really the talking and preaching of Jesus. And, uh, and at the end of that vision, I saw me doing the same thing. And uh, he actually made me look, watch myself do a healing meeting of about 3,000, 4,000 people. And I uh, spoke on healing. And you know what? I never said the word Jesus in the meeting. I assumed I did, you know, but I talked about the kingdom and I talked about this and I talked about that, but I never talked about Jesus. So uh, ever since that little spanking, uh, I talk about Jesus. So I want you to turn to your Bibles real quick and I want to share with you some things the Lord's kind of showing me about himself here lately. Um, a lot of this is coming through some my own pain. Uh, I shared earlier, um, the Lord asked me t two years ago to start praying for long-suffering. I thought, I was, I thought, Lord, uh, do I have to? And he said, well, if you want to know more of me. Uh, so I said, okay, I'll, I'll do it. So ever since then, uh, that's been going on. And I've been learning some more things about Jesus in a deep way that I never uh, have heard or saw before in my life, even in the Word of God. And we're going to see it here in the Word of God, but we want to, I want to give you a little bit of background of who Jesus is uh, based on Scripture. Is that okay? Yeah. You all right? Yeah. All right. Philippians 2. Philippians 2, verse 5. Let me grab my glasses. I'm getting old. Old and cruddy. Philippians 2, verse 5, let this mind, say let this mind, be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So he's, what mind? You know, Christ's mind, right? This mind of the Spirit, the mind of God, which was in Christ Jesus. So Jesus had to lean on a different type of mind that was leading him in his life, didn't he? Because he was tempted on all points. Hebrews talks about that. We'll read that. But he was tempted on all points. So that means he was man as well, just like you and I. But he had to lean on the mind of his father or the mind of, his, of the spirit. So it, every day he was dying. Every day he was dying to his own human will. Or what, or you could say feelings or his own justifications and Papa will allow all these situations in life to happen for him so that he could live even greater with his Papa while here on the earth and show the love of God. So every situation that came to Jesus was an opportunity for God to live in him and to live through him. Every, say every, every. including the cross. That was the greatest place. So every day there was a death. So every, if there's a death, so every day there has to be a situation that really doesn't line up with what you think should go. So most things that happen in, 
Most things that happen in your life that you think should go this way and should go that way, most of the time that's God really trying to show you something of what he wants to share with you. Does that make sense? Say yes and throw up. Okay. So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man and humbled himself and became obedient, there it is, obedient to the point of death. And watch the comma, to the point of death. And then it says, even the death of the cross. So that means, wait a minute. So you mean he was dying before the cross? Of course. There was some type of death constantly going on in his own will that was releasing the power of God's love within his life. So every time he chose to do be controlled by love, something of that old manhood that was he was carrying around with him would die. And that place where that manhood was, was, God would replace it with love. And by the end of his life, he said, the ruler of this world comes, but what? He finds nothing in me. So through his whole life, he obeyed. And purged out all those strongholds that man had been bothered with. And here comes the world at the end of at the cross. The crucifixion comes and it's like the world emotions, the justifications. And that you should do it this way. You need, if you get slapped, go ahead and hit him. And all this stuff, they, the enemy just threw it all at him. All those worldly emotions at him. But it was too late. Because he was loved by that time. So when they, would, when they whipped him and they yanked that hook out of him and tore his flesh out, he couldn't help but just turn and let them keep hitting him because he was now possessed by love. And he purged all that in him for our sake to show that we can walk that way as well and be controlled by love. If there's anything that's going to destroy the enemy's works and change this earth and change the world, we've already tried preaching good. It's not working. Y'all agree? We've got churches on every corner. It's not working. We've tried power. That's not working either. We've got a lot of healing going on. And the world's still not saved. The world's still not loving Jesus. What's wrong? Maybe we lost our first love. Maybe we bypassed love and went after all this good stuff that God's got, but used it without love. If we, can you imagine if we fell in love with God and we start falling in love, not, on, not with one another, but can you imagine us falling in love with our enemies? That would wreck people because they'd wonder, what in the world's going on with those Christians? I thought they were hateful people. <laughs> I thought those were people that always tried to expose things and, you know, and hashtag, you know, conspiracy theories. And, and on, 
We've lost it, right? We, honestly, we're lost Christians because we really don't have Christ controlling us. We have got Christ, but we don't have Christ controlling us. We don't have love controlling us. If you, if, if you got gifts controlling you, that's, it's a gift. But if you've got love controlling you, you've got a person controlling you. And that's what Jesus would lean on. He wouldn't lean on all those gift stuff. He would want God's love flowing through him. That's why he's like a river. He's a, he's a person that's not thinking about himself. He's always thinking about you. And even if his enemies, he can't wait to give his drink, a drink to his enemies. If his enemies are thirsty, he gives them a drink. In other words, he'll give them, an, in this life, he'll give them an outpouring of the Spirit. And he doesn't care if they change. He just wants to give them an outpouring of the Spirit, even if they're enemies, because he knows that they're thirsty and they don't realize it. Okay, praise the Lord. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. To the point of death, underline that or highlight it, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Now, with Christianity, we go, every knee shall bow. You know, when Jesus comes, he's going to set it all straight. Right? Come on. Every knee's going to bow by God. Right? It's like we think God's going to be this Lord. No, he's going to be a lover. Because I know how this works. Because I was the worst person on the face of the earth. I don't care what you've done, I've done it. And when he showed up like this, my knees went to the floor. Not because he said, bow, I'm king. It's because, oh my gosh, he loves me. And I bowed to my king and said, please have mercy on me. It had nothing to do with him making me bow. It was his love for me, even while it was his enemy, that made me want to bow and actually worship him. He didn't come to kill me. He came to give me life. And I was his worst enemy. I would do miracles to make him, to hate him. Except I'd twist it. I'd use gifts and power. Just do it in his face. And he'd still come. You go, Brad, he was a stinker. Yes, I was a stinker. And I'm still a stinker without him. All right? Every knee shall bow, and of those in heaven, and of those on earth, and of those under the earth. You imagine what happened when he went down to the center of the earth. You imagine what he went, he didn't come into hell and just go, I am God. When he came in, he was loving. He can't help but be beloved. He was the same up there, and he was the same down there. And that love filled that dark place. And everybody was just adoring him. Jesus wins with good, not evil. But he was tempted to do it our way. He was tempted to do it the evil way. But the way he would uh, overcome all those temptations is he chose to listen to what the Spirit would want to do or how he would live. 
And so he would overcome the accuser of the brethren or Satan by the word of his testimony. And when he would obey it, he would speak what he would hear and he would overcome the enemy. And when he spoke it, it would actually set others people free based on his own testimony. Let me show you. You okay? You're looking at me funny again. Let me show you something here. Oh, yeah, I love this one. Not that one. That one. Turn over to John 8. John 8. I'm going to show you. This is so wonderful. about. I, I love knowing Jesus because he's, he's so intricately lovely. When I think I know him, I don't know him. I choose to stay dumb. I often wondered how in the world would he walk in power? You know, how? it's because he was dying all the time. When you die, something else has to raise you up, which is the power of God, for it to come out. So for him to have power that come out of him, it wasn't based on how, how spiritual he was. It was based on how much he died to the spirit. So as he died, the Papa's love would raise him up, raise himself up in him, and he would release what Papa was giving, giving him. Because there's power in death. There's not power in trying to keep your life. There's power in trying to what? Lose your life. Okay? And I want to show you something about Jesus that is so beautiful. Because I've, ne I've never seen this about the Lord because and then he took me to Revelations. I've been kind of studying the book of Revelations a little bit again. And he started teaching me about how to overcome by the, you know, power of your testimony. And, uh, and he said, I had to do this every day. And he showed me how he would do it. This was one of the stories. Let's go there. Verse 1, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him. Say, all the people. All the people. So he, he came to the temple to have some quiet time, right? There wasn't nobody there. So he came early in the morning to kind of have his God time. Y'all ever had God, try to have your God time, and then people start ringing, and, and everybody just starts packing you up? And you, you know... <laughs> What does that feel like? Do you go, oh, it's so good that people are interrupting my God time. <laughs> or have you tried to sit out on the porch and then everybody, all, all these guests come early that you were supposed to have and you were trying to get, you know, am I talking to anybody? All right. Anybody real? Okay. Yeah. When they walk in, they go, oh, hey, we're just here early. You want to just jack slap them. Right? Yeah, praise God. Hallelujah. Jack slap them. First time I've ever had anybody say hallelujah on a jack slap. <laughs> Welcome to Rock City. <laughs> and so he's, he's having his quiet time, and all these people start packing in the temple. What do you think's happening to Jesus as a person? If he's just like you, and he, is, he woke up early just to have his time with his father, 
just him and, and his father at a peaceful time. He understands that he's got to walk through with him in trials. But he's at this moment, there's no trials going on. There's no temptations to use his flesh. And he's just wanting to kind of settle. And all of a sudden, whoosh, here they come. What do you think he's feeling? He's feeling the temptation of wanting to get irritated. One thing. Because he's feeling not only that flesh inside of him that wants to rise up, but he's feeling all the people selfishness of wanting Jesus to do something for them. Because he's a man. He's a man. I'm sure he wanted, his flesh wanted to go, look at all these selfish suckers. Can't they just give me a little rest? Can't they just give me a little rest? Can't these people just leave me alone? <laughs> you laugh because you've done it. We've all been there. That voice pops up and it wants to justify it feeling angry. And you did it to me. So he's already getting tempted. So he has to start humbling himself. Nobody knows it's going on. Nobody recognizes that he's having to die to himself. They just see the person that can do something for him. They don't understand that the way you can do something for me is you have to die to your own will. In order for you to really give me Christ, you have to die. You understand? And so they're coming to him. All the people came to him and he sat down and he what? He taught them. In other words, he just died to his God time. And the Lord said, boom, and started giving him these teachings to teach these people. And he's no longer himself. Anymore. A part of him has died. And now part of the Papa is living now. But nobody is seeing this. They're just in awe of how much revelation is coming out of this man. How wonderful. But they don't realize they're gazing at a man that's dead. And they're literally looking at the father. God's always attracted to death. He's been that way since the beginning. You throw a lamb on the altar, he goes, mm, and he comes down. He did. He would. So the lamb is smelling right now, and God has come. All right? Then it gets it more intense. As he's teaching them, now he's under that wonderful place. And he's teaching them, and all this wonderful revelation comes, and now the service gets disrupted. While there's such a wonderful presence. Come on with me, just walk with me a little bit. And here come all these Christians hashtagging about this woman that's doing it all wrong, that's doing this, and that she's sleeping with that, and... And they're doing, they're doing all this stuff and they're bringing it to the Lord, wanting Him to do something about it. <laughs> this
this is, this is I'm, I'm trying to help you in the, the old time, but I'm also trying to help us in the new time. All right? So they're hashtagging. They're bringing this, guy, this girl in while there's a great service, and they're thinking Jesus is like the Christians. But he's not a Christian. He is God. He's God. And so they're thinking he, Jesus is going to do exactly what they're interceding for. I may not finish this one. To be continued tonight. There will not be an offering. There can, we'll hand out stones for Brad. <laughs> but they're about to find out something different. They don't know that God's not like this because they've never really known God. They've gone through all the systematic ways, but they've never had love. You understand? They think they're doing the right thing, and they also hate this thing called love, so they're, they're kind of demonic right now all right and they're bringing this lady in and man they're saying you know we caught this woman in sin you know the law says this what do you say and he feels the intensity not just from the people and the anger and he knows that they're trying to trick him but he's also feeling the pressure of them throwing the law at him, and you have to do it this way. But it's being done in a fleshly mindset. Okay? And so his, but his flesh wants to kind of give in and even use truth and slam them. Because he knows what types of spirit they're in. But if he does that, he's, a, he's just as bad as they are. He didn't come to bring death. He came to bring life. But he, Jesus, the manhood, is being tempted. Are you with me? How do we overcome temptations? We've got to listen to him, don't we? How do you have a testimony? Him. So he bends down. Watch this. I love this. Because he's, look at me and say, he's being tempted. In his head. All right. You ever been tempted in your head? If you look at it long enough and you dwell with it long enough, eventually you'll have a reason that you can do it. Right? You'll find a reason. All right. Now watch. Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But, but, Jesus stooped down. Yeah, he, 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 he just kind of, hold on just a second. And he just bowed himself. 
He's, he doesn't realize at this point that he's doing this for us to watch this, but he is humbling himself to his father because he is hearing all these temptations of what he could say and be right. Are you with me? And so how does he overcome him? He's sitting there listening and he starts just twiddling in the sand. He doesn't realize God's finger has come down and it's twiddling in his sand. In the dust of his flesh. Because that's where man came from. From dust. And so he's, he's kind of squiggling in the sand. And the hand of God, Papa's finger is on him. And he starts giving him a scripture or a, a, a statement that's going to help him first overcome of what one he wants to do. Because he wants to pick up truth like a stone and throw it at you too. And Papa speaks to him first to help him overcome his own temptation so that when he rises up, he is overcome by his testimony over the accuser of the brethren. And then he's going to release what he just heard to you that will help you drop your stones. And he hears because he speaks it. He wrote down in the ground with his finger as though he did not hear and when they continued asking him, just bantering him, he, and, he, and he rises up. He raised himself up. He what? He must have heard something that helps him be able to rise up in the right spirit. He heard this for himself. He heard this for himself. He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. He heard that for him first to overcome the temptation of what he was wanting to do as well to them. Because he's not going to speak something he hasn't experienced. He overcame it first so that he, when he rises up, he would be loved and he was excited to give them his testimony. Hey, those without sin cast the first stone. He was excited because he just overcame that accuser of the brethren that was beating him up by listening to the Father. He overcame him by the Spirit and his testimony. He can't wait to give him his testimony. Because he just got a, a key of how to get rid of the accuser. It was love. He didn't look at him like, I got some information for you. He was excited because he just overcame the same thing by listening to his papa. I was tested on this one years ago. I started realizing most everything that Jesus spoke, it was for him first. 
Every bit of it. Of course they're going to drop their stones. He's looking at them like he's excited, like he heard something great. Because he's no longer himself. And he's giving them food, fresh food from heaven that was given to him. Of course he's going to break and give them some too. Here, look at what I just heard. I'll save all of you, not just the adulterer. I'm going to save all of you because I just got saved by overcoming the accuser through my father as well. (laughs) And they're like, huh? Huh? And they all dropped their stones from the oldest to the elder. I had a guy come in one time. This was a long time. I had a guy come in and he was there on purpose to shut me down. Place was packed. All the scared intercessors ran to me. And they said, so-and-so's here. He's come to, you know, shut you down. We know we've gotten it by prayer. I go, well, Great. Well, what are you going to do? I don't know. I'm scared too. <laughs> but when somebody tries to, you know, they, were, they don't realize they were being used by the enemy because they were, that was the enemy coming to me through Christians to try to get me riled up and try to get spiritual to use my gift through. Yeah. I was going through the same thing. And... And he came, and he was sitting probably on the second row. Of course he does, you know. And uh, as he was sitting there, I was pulling up the scripture. As he was sitting there, and he was, he's known, this guy's known as a prophet, but he's known as a hard prophet. He doesn't point the way to Jesus. He just points out your stuff. And he was sitting there, couldn't wait. He was just waiting for the right moment. And I'm, I go to get up, and I hear this scripture. Please bear with me. I hear this scripture. I hear the scripture. So if I hear something, it's for first. I always thought it's for them. Right? Come on, we're taught that, right? Well, that's for them. By God, I'm going to share that scripture for them. They really need it in their life. You don't realize it was for you to get over your stuff so that you could become love and then give it to them in love. You get what I'm saying? And so I hear this scripture. The glory, I love this. I hear this scripture in Isaiah. The glory of the Lord shall be your regard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and I will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke, from the midst of you, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. I mean, I heard that instantly as soon as I got up and I thought, I got some firepower now. I'm going to blast him. And the Lord says, no, I'm trying to take away the pointing of the finger for you to overcome the accuser that's in you so that you can help him be the prophet he's supposed to be. But I was thinking he was the pointer. And I thought this scripture was for him. He came to point the finger, right? No. There's a deeper level. Of, he, God drew him there. Was his mind there to shut me down? Yeah, but he doesn't realize God brought him there and God has life for him to actually set him on the right path. But I'm thinking in another dimension of use the scripture to kill, steal, and destroy. 
I'm sorry. That's just what I used to do. And when the Lord said this about taking away the pointing of the finger, I thought, yes, hallelujah. And the Lord says, no, I'm breaking yours off. This is to help you overcome it in you so that you can be like me. As soon as he said, and I'm getting up, and I'm hearing this scripture, and then I saw this flash with Jesus bending down. And I got a flash. Oh my gosh. Everything that he spoke was something from the Father to help him overcome so that he could be raised up and be possessed by love. Every day was a death. And every day he had to have something from his father to live the life of God. Does this make sense? And I looked, I started, I started weeping. And that guy's just sitting, you know how they, y'all ever been mad? You ever did? Not today, yeah. We'll manifest after this meeting. <laughs> He's just sitting there, just can't wait. And I, I won't mention his name because y'all probably know him. And so I, I, I said, hey, man, I'm glad you're here. He stood up, you know, with his guns ready. I said, listen, man, I just want you to know, you came into this meeting today and you have set me free. Because I had the pointing of the finger in me, and God has just set me free. And now, there is glory come out of me. I appreciate you being here. And I, but I meant it. I wasn't trying to be religious to try to change him. I could care less if he changed. I'm the one that was changing. God brought my accuser so I could get changed. And he just went, huh? And he just saw, it's like he saw something. He, <laughs> he started crying, just bawling. He said, can I come up front? I said, yeah. And, every, and all the intercessors were going, <laughs> you know, all the prayer warriors over there like, oh my God. And the security was on each side like, you know. And I had, I literally just looked at them and I was like, no guys, just shut up. You know, you know. And he ran around and fell into my chest. And weeped. And then everybody was like, everybody was like. <laughs> Jesus won a battle. But if, he won't, if we're going to win the battle, you got to let him win the battle in you first. Then you'll raise up. You, he will rise you up. And you'll be able to stand in the power of his love and give the testimony of what God has brought you through. We will overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And the blood of the lamb is not just blood like trying to think of blood and splattering all over you. Blood is you being led by love, being led by the spirit. You overcome the enemy of this world. 
by being led by love. And instantly when you rise up, you'll look at a world and you'll no longer hashtag who's doing wrong. You'll bring them to the throne of God by your love. Not by all the stuff you know and all the theories that are out and all the videos that have been captured. Man, let's let this go viral. And let, how can we save a world by accusing it? He didn't accuse yours. He came to your world so that it may be saved. He came to give life even while you were an enemy of the cross. He overcomes evil with good. He loves his enemies. I mean, he really loves his enemies. He's not loving them to change them. He really does love his enemy. And I'm talking genuine love. And he loves you. He loves the Muslims. He loves the liberals. He loves the, the people that think they're right. He loves all the hashtaggers. He loves, all, he loves them all. That offends me. He should be conservative. Not God. Not God. But if we get on his path, if we get with him, I'm like Joshua for a while, for many years. Joshua looked at the angel of the Lord and he goes, who's side you on? And the angel goes, nobody's but the Lord. He's like, oh, okay, well, I'm on your side. We got to get on the Lord's side. Put your brains on the Lord's side. Let your brains be controlled by love. When there's something that comes to offend you, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I guarantee you it's a doorway to God's love. I guarantee you. As soon as you want to hashtag that thing, somebody sent me a... I almost said something really bad. But somebody sent me all this conspiracy stuff. And I, and I know some things about the government because I'm connected somehow. I don't want to understand all that. But they sent me all this stuff that was true. And I already knew about it. And, I, and something came over me. I wrote them. I go, man, what an opportunity to go see them and love them. I haven't heard from them since. The enemy, the enemy comes at you so that he, you can give him life. That's the way you destroy the enemy. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Okay, let's pray before we throw up. All right, dear Lord Jesus, help us. That's your Jesus, though. Why do you think he could say, love your enemies? Because he was learning how. He was giving you revelation. He was giving them revelation on how this stuff works as he's walking with his father. And it, can you imagine how exciting he was sharing it? Because he was experiencing it. 
<laughs> I don't know about you. That's the way he treats me. I've been some of them, some of the worst states of my life, even these last two years, mentally. And it's like he didn't even see it. He just shows me all this wonderful glory while I'm a stinker. And I ask him, why are you showing me this? He goes, why wouldn't I? It's like he didn't even see it. Wouldn't you like to be blinded by love again? Let me pray for you before David gets up here. You really did it, Jesus. <laughs> you really did walk like us. You really did have to lean on the Spirit like we do. What a testimony you've got. We're going to keep learning from it for the rest of our lives for eternity. Who is this man called love? What a mystery. Lord, you destroyed, annihilated, matter of fact, Satan. Satan. By a little weak thing called love. You lost all your strength. Gave yourself and destroyed it. Help us find you, love. My love, help us find you again. Spirit of God. I bet you were excited when he obeyed you all the time. I bet you were so excited at the time of crucifixion you had possessed his life and you were so proud of him. So proud. And you and he became one. Then you prayed it at the garden that we would walk in the same way, that we would be one as you and he was one. And I pray that even now that you would make us one again. That you would show us more of the revelations of Jesus' life. We've tried everything else. We know it works in some ways, but we want our whole world possessed by your love. We want to be compelled by your love. We love you, and we thank you, Jesus, this Sunday morning for just giving us an intricate part of your life, showing us how you walk.
It changes us in such a supernatural way. And I ask that you'd bless every parent, every dad, every single man and woman that's in this room, all their children. Bless this church. Bless David and Amber with their lives and continue just to increase your spirit and your love and all these people here. By your authority, Lord, I, I, I just release the blessing of the Father upon their lives, upon their hearts, upon their children, even upon their houses and the things that they own. Lord, just sprinkle all of that love upon their lives this morning. We love you, Jesus. Let's say that with me just before I leave here. We love you, Jesus. You're so good. Amen.